Hey there, I'm Krista, your host for the Birding Tools Podcast. Each week, I'll delve into the wonderful world of birds for birding beginners and those wanting to get the lowdown on what goes into bird watching and identifying birds. Let's get started. This week on the Birding Tools Podcast, I'll be getting into the 10 things you need to know when selecting a pair of binoculars. Binoculars are without a doubt one of the most important tools you'll need to have with you when you go out bird watching. They allow you to see finite details on a bird to better help you identify them and help you to see them up close and when they're far away. Just a little terminology tip, in the birding world, you might also hear people call binoculars bins. So not like the trash bin, but actually your binoculars bins. You probably thought you could pick up whatever pair of binoculars has good reviews online. That's true to an extent, but some of the tips we've got for you are probably ones you didn't think of. Let's really quickly go over the anatomy of binoculars, just so that you have a good idea about the different terms I'm going to be using. So binoculars have four lenses, two on the side that you look through and two looking out toward the object you're looking at. The two smaller lenses you put up to your eyes are the magnification lenses. The two larger lenses facing away from you and toward the object you're looking at are the objective lenses. Each rounded cylinder, which you hold with both hands when you're birding, is called a barrel and The focus wheel is found between those two barrels, just at the point where your two pointer fingers touch as you hold the binoculars, just as if you were holding a sandwich between your two hands to take a bite, only you're holding your binoculars up against your eyes. And this focus wheel helps you to adjust what you're seeing more clearly. And that's pretty much the gist of it anyway. Also, fun fact, the word binocular means being able to use both eyes to see something. So bi meaning two and ocular meaning eyes. If you have a pair of binoculars you can look at or handle now, you can compare these different points as we go along. Now, if you're driving, obviously be safe and just take note of these different points, but you can always come back to them and use your binoculars once they're in hand. Take one point of interest that is stationary, like a sign of some sort, to use as your testing object as we move through this list. This is going to make it a lot easier than using a bird or some other kind of animal that likes to flit and move around quite often. I'll also be linking to a checklist of these different points in the podcast show notes at birdingtools.com. So first, when you buy a pair of binoculars, you'll see that each has two numbers associated with them. I mentioned this in our episode briefly last week, but this is a good point to reinforce. So for example, I have a pair of 8x42 Nikon Monarchs. That first number, the number 8, is the magnification power. This means that when I look through the binoculars, I'm seeing birds 8 times closer than I would see them with the naked eye. And this number should be ideally a minimum of 7 power to allow you to see birds well. There are 10 and 12 magnification Uh, binoculars, and while they allow you to see birds even closer, they are going to be more susceptible to shake distortion as you look through the binoculars. I know I personally don't have the steadiest hands, but I'm not being judged for drawing inside the lines anymore, you know? So for me, having something that's an 8 power magnification is definitely ideal compared to a 10 or a 12 power magnification. For beginning birders, this can be a source of frustration, so just keep this in mind when you're trying out pairs of binoculars and you want to see what kind of binoculars work best for you. 
That second number in that 8 by 42 example is the lens diameter of the larger objective lenses or those larger outer lenses that are looking out toward the object you're looking at. The larger the lens diameter, the more light should be coming into the binoculars. And while it might seem counterintuitive to want to let more light into your binoculars, this is actually a good thing. Have you seen a bird flitting around in a dark set of bushes or flying backlit in the sky? A set of binoculars with more light coming through better illuminates the bird you're seeing and makes the image less dark, thus allowing you to see those little details on a bird that you need to ID them. Now, keep in mind that having a pair of binoculars with a larger lens diameter isn't necessarily going to help in every case where you've got a poorly lit bird, but it really does help in some general circumstances when the light is just a little bit darker. Now pay close attention to the second number because it should be around five times as large as the first number I mentioned. So for my eight by 42 set, I'm good. Eight times five is 40. But there are some other binoculars out there where this ratio might be a little bit more off and you just want them to match up as well as possible so that that magnification power matches with the diameter and can come together to give you a really clear, good image of your bird. Next, get a pair of binoculars that you want to carry around for hours on end. This seems pretty obvious, right? Well, I'm actually wondering how many of you listening tested out the weight of different binoculars to see which felt more natural to hold or was overall a little lighter to carry. Over the course of hours, you can get some pretty serious neck strain if your bins are too heavy, or at least heavier than what your body is accustomed to. A good way to balance out this weight is to get a binocular harness, which distributes the weight better over both shoulders and your upper back instead of just on the back of your neck. I'll link to the products I mentioned in this episode in the podcast show notes too for those wanting to check out these products in more detail. I also personally have a binocular harness and I really recommend them if you find that you're getting a lot of neck strain with your binoculars. Our fourth tip is test the binoculars to make sure that the barrels flex easily. Remember, the barrels are the two main parts of the binocular that you hold in each hand. They shouldn't be too difficult to close together or pull apart and they certainly shouldn't slip at all. Try this out. Try holding the binoculars with one hand on one barrel with the binoculars fully flat or flexed outwards. If the other barrel slips together toward the one that you're holding, you should look at another pair of binoculars or contact the manufacturer directly. Ideally, you'll want to hold binoculars with two hands, but I can't tell you how many one-handed IDs I've needed to make while doing point counts or holding my bird field guide in the other hand. It would be super annoying for the barrels to slip during a time like that. Next tip, get color-coded or polarized lenses. Just as polarized lenses work for your sunglasses, they work on your binoculars too. They help to reduce the amount of glare and increase the amount of good light coming through the binoculars to give you a good identification. When the lenses are against your face, you won't see any color distortion, so don't worry about that. When you hold them away from you, about a foot or so from your face, you should see them reflect a bluish or purplish tinge. This means that your lenses are color-coded. So the sixth tip, when you're looking through the binoculars, the barrels should come together to form a perfect, single, clear circle. 
If the image isn't a perfect circle, once you've adjusted your binoculars a bit and aligned them with your eyes, they may not fit your face well. And that's totally okay. Just be aware of looking for this when you're selecting binoculars and try out different pairs for this reason. Really, the reason you want this circle to be more or less perfect is that you'll reduce eye strain in the long run if the binoculars are well fit for you as you're looking through them. Now, if the image creates a perfect or near perfect circle, but you can't quite focus clearly on the combined circles, your lenses could be out of alignment, which is called binocular collimation. Now, this is a huge issue as it requires going into a physical binocular hardware and realigning those lenses with each other. Often, this requires sending your binoculars to a specialist to go in and do this for you. We actually just had this happen to a pair of kids' binoculars that we often take out with us when we go on bird walks, and likely it happened from them being dropped at some point, and it makes it really uncomfortable to look through lenses because your eyes can't quite adjust. Just make sure when you're checking for that clear image that it's not due to the diopter needing to be adjusted. The diopter is that little plus minus wheel found near the right eye cup that helps you adjust the focus of your, um, if your eyes are two different prescriptions. So if you've adjusted to this properly and you're still seeing distortion as you look through both lenses, then this might be a matter of collimation. If you go boarding with eyeglasses on, this seventh tip is for you. Make sure that the smaller magnification lenses have expandable or foldable eye cups. It's mostly non-birding binoculars that might not have this feature, so just check for it when you're scoping out binoculars. But the reason that this is really important is that it allows you to more easily look through the lenses as you're wearing glasses and gives you a wider field of view, even though you're holding the binoculars a little away from your face. And keep a lookout for binoculars that have an eye relief value of around 15 millimeters. This is the value that you're going to be looking for if you wear eyeglasses with your binoculars, just to make sure that you can get your eyes close enough to the lens to see that view properly. Next, test whether you can see objects around 20 feet away clearly and around two blocks away clearly. Seeing clearly both up close and pretty far away will be important if you're on a birding walk and you've got a little bird in a bush just nearby, or if you're on a marsh or shoreline and there's a bird way in the distance that you're trying to get a better look at. Not every pair of binoculars allows you to focus as close as 20 feet away, so definitely test this out with your binoculars. And finally, make sure the lenses don't have image distortion. When you're looking through the binoculars, see whether the object you're looking at has the correct dimensions towards the edge of the field of view equally as good as the center of your field of view. If not, those binoculars might have low quality glass that needs to be sorted and it would just benefit you a lot better in the long run to avoid that distortion around the edges of that field of view. So you can test this out by focusing on a stop sign, for example, or any other sign where you have equal distance of letters or some other kind of design that you know the distance between. And seeing whether the letters toward the outer edge of the sign and your binocular field of view is just as clear and undistorted as the center of your field of view. So all of these points and some extra tips are located on a checklist cheat sheet that we're putting for you to download in our show notes. So feel free to head over there, birdingtools.com, to get more information about selecting binoculars. And there you have it. 
all the things you need to consider when purchasing a pair of binoculars. I'd love to know how many people listening took these points into account when they got a pair of binoculars, or if this list was helpful to new birders who are actually looking at getting their first pair. Now, I recognize that today it's difficult to go in and get your hands on binoculars to try them out. Just make sure that whatever pair you're looking at allows you to return them if they don't fit these criteria or if you're not fully happy with them. This is a big investment and it's one of the most important tools that you're going to have in your birdwatching endeavors. Thanks so much for tuning into the Birding Tools podcast and I hope this material was helpful to you. To access information about the products and the freebie that I mentioned in the show and the show notes, visit our website at birdingtools.com. Next week, I'll be delving into the anatomy of your bird field guide, including what makes a great field guide and how it's organized. If you enjoyed this episode and want to get updates on the latest Birding Tools has to offer, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening now. See you next time.